MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, July 2nd, 2021. Today I'll be chatting with Adam Cohen from Lawyers for Good Government. We're going to be talking about Joe Manchin and the For the People Act. And then we have a little bit of the best of the good news. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am happy today to be joined by a vice chairman of the board for Lawyers for Good Government. Please welcome Adam Cohen. Adam, how are you? Hey, Allison. I'm doing all right. How are you? I am well. It's great to put a face to all of the uh, anonymous sort of video off Zoom calls we've been participating in over the past year or so. So it's really wonderful to meet you. Likewise. And, and it's nice to actually you know, see what the host of the wonderful Daily Beans podcast looks like, not to mention <laughs> the Mueller she wrote. And, and by the way, I love, I mean, absolutely love the cartoon symbols that you've got for the show. Thank you. They were inspired by Nancy Drew. So we appreciate that. Here's the thing. You wrote this op-ed about Joe Manchin for Demcast USA, and I think for another outlet. And it was about our voting rights legislation, H.R. 1, S. 1, and or the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. And I wanted you uh, to tell us a little bit about where your thoughts were when you wrote the op-ed and where they are now, which, of course, is probably you walking around saying, I told you, since we've had the vote, the first vote, which Schumer is saying is the beginning and not the end. Well, unfortunately, uh, we do have this Senate rule that everybody's been talking about standing in the way of the For the People Act or even really any voting rights legislation or any fix to the voting rights problem that uh, the country finds itself in. And it's funny because the real villain here is not Joe Manchin and it's not Kirsten Sinema, uh, although we progressives really tend to focus on them. The, The villain is really the GOP. But since we know that they are completely intransigent, we turn to our own because we do have the majority in the Senate and therefore you would think control. But the problem is, of course, the you would think part mm. uh, because because we don't, because in order to do anything outside of the limited, very limited remedies of budget reconciliation, we need to get 60 votes and there are only 50 Democrats in the Senate. So Where are those 10 votes going to come from? Well, they have to come from the Republicans or nothing is going to get done because of this filibuster rule. Um, Now, we know also that there aren't 10 Republicans that are going to agree with Democrats on virtually anything. Uh, So the only way things can get done is if uh, the Democratic senators say, you know what? we are going to amend the filibuster rule and have it so that just our 50 votes plus Kamala Harris lets us get legislation passed. Um, and that's that's where we stand. That's where we stood yesterday. Um, and 
I, I know that a lot of people are discouraged by what happened yesterday, but I, I'm actually not. And uh, I, I think I actually stand in opposition to your thoughts on this because I do listen. And, and, and if I remember right, uh, you are not sanguine about the passage of any voting rights legislation. I, I still think we have a chance. But then again, I, I tend to be more foolishly optimistic about this stuff. Well, the, the way I thought we might have a chance is if we could pull out a clean voting rights bill out of H.R. 1 S. 1 and perhaps get enough Republicans on board or get Manchin and Cinema on board with reforming the filibuster down to the needing 55 and then finding four Republicans who might be willing to not sacrifice a lot of Republican votes in their own states through these voter suppression bills, because the, you know, I often call this the Longshanks principle of voter suppression, because, you know, when he pulls the archers out and says fire, the, the guy's like, well, aren't we going to get hit our own men? And they're like, yeah, but we'll hit theirs as well. And I think a lot of them are banking on hitting more Democrats than Republicans or preventing more Democrats than Republicans from voting. But there are a lot of Republicans out there. And, and this we saw this in 2020 when the former president was saying mail in voting is awful. It sucks. It's, it's rife with fraud. And a lot of Republicans were like, no, shh, stop that. We rely on on mail in voting. So perhaps, you know, I, I've said maybe that's the way to go about this. You know, it's interesting. And, and by the way, you got to love a good Braveheart reference with Longshanks. Um, <laughs> Especially when you're talking about Republicans in the United States. <laughs> yeah, that does seem uh, strangely appropriate, doesn't it? <laughs> so the For the People Act, um, not maybe the legislation, because if you say For the People Act to Republican voters, they probably shrink uh, in fear uh, based on what they've heard from Fox. But if you say to them, hey, should we have 15 days of early voting? Hey. Should we have mail-in voting and, and make it more easily accessible? Uh, hey, should Election Day be a national holiday? Apparently, the, at least the results of the polls that I saw show that 57% of Republicans mm. support that. Yeah, and especially, hey, let's ban dark money. Even more are on board with that. And and that's part of the Disclosure Act that, that is sort of part of what Manchin put forward as his ideas for what a voting rights bill should look like. But I think the, the worry that a lot of folks have is when we hearken back to the days when he and Toomey said that they could get common sense background checks passed, leave it to us, we'll get we'll get it done. And it and it didn't get done. I think oh, that I think we're a little gun shy. No pun intended. Ouch. Um, I won't tell Fred Guttenberg that you said that. I agree. Uh, it, it doesn't help when you look at not only the Republicans record this Congress, but the statements from various, e even those Republic Republicans that are considered the moderate Republicans. And, and by that, I mean, when you have, um, when you, when you have Mitch McConnell saying that I am going to oppose 100% of president Biden's agenda, that is my sole or my most important mission this Congress, not legislating for the people, not trying to do things that are going to benefit American citizens. No, stopping Joe Manchin. And then when you have that followed up by uh, John Barrasso saying, uh, I think that we need to make Joe Biden not a one-term president, but a half-term president. 
where are you going to go with that? Uh, And then, like I said, the moderate Republicans, Lisa Murkowski yesterday before the vote came out and said that the bill is, quote, wholly, close quote, partisan. And then she said, but I support early voting. Oh, I didn't know that some states didn't allow mail-in voting. That's not good. Oh, my goodness. Dark money in politics. That can't, We need to get rid of that. Well, wait a minute. If you're going to oppose the bill because it's wholly partisan, but these nonpartisan things that you agree need to be done should be done, how do you oppose the bill? You know what? The vote yesterday, and, and this is a, a, another thing. I'm sorry, I'm getting all, all exercised about this. <laughs> no, it, no, it's, no, it's fine. It's because it reminds me of people who hated Obamacare, but were loved the ACA. You know, it's it's like the same kind of thing. The, 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 the thing that people really uh, should remember about the vote yesterday was that this was simply a vote to debate the law. It wasn't passing or or refusing to pass the law, just simply to talk about this stuff. And even if you uh, uh, buy the big lie that was told by Republicans ad infinitum uh, from December through currently and continuing that there was fraud, well, wait a minute. If there's fraud, then shouldn't Congress be talking about what to do to fix it? Mm. So even even the most hypocritical um, of Republicans should you would think back that as an idea to, okay, you know, well, well, let's talk about it. And and the idea of leaving this stuff up to the states, well, the Constitution specifically grants the power over uh, addressing elections to Congress if they feel the need to reform it, as they did in the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which is how we get here full circle. By the way, fun fact, the Shelby County versus Holder decision is eight years old as of this Friday. Should, should we sing happy birthday? No. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> no. That, that, that's what started this whole mess. Yeah, you're referring to when, when they, the Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act by no longer holding certain states who tend to violate voting rights, you know, they don't have to clear it with the Department of Justice to change their voting rules. That's, I think, believe the decision you're talking about. I am. And states such as Alabama and Mississippi and Texas and I believe Georgia. And guess what? What have all those states done this year? Well, they've (laughs) either introduced or passed legislation that suppresses the right to vote. Mm -hmm. So here we are. Yes. Yeah. Here we are. And um, I want I wanted to clarify for everyone when Barrasso said uh, he wants to make Biden a half term president. What he what he what he means uh, in his working theory is, is to take back the Senate and or the House or both so that he's that Biden, he can't even do budget reconciliation. He That's what he means, I believe, by half term president. Not like he's not. I mean, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to introduce her articles of impeachment or whatever, but that's not what he's talking about. <laughs> Wait, I, I thought that uh, Donald Trump was going to be taking August, uh, office again in August. Is that That's not going to happen? Well, it appears that a lot of his followers are very upset because he's got political rallies scheduled after August and they can't understand why he would need to do a rally uh, if he's already going to be president again in August. So, yeah, but no, apparently him and Bibi Netanyahu are both going to rise back up and and uh, take back power. <laughs> but it's interesting to see, um, I don't know, that this 
anger uh, from from Trump supporters, how quickly they'll turn on him. I mean, especially a lot of these insurrectionists who thought that he would be there in court saying, I told them to do this. Let let them go. You know, and and uh, although I guess they didn't learn their lesson from impeachment 2.0 when his entire defense was. No, they're the criminals. Lock them all up. I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's interesting to watch. But I want to talk to you a little bit more about Manchin because some news came out today. But I do have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Does anybody ever say no to that? Of course I will. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the day. Everybody <laughs> stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. Today's episode of The Beans is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, If you remember fondly the days of watching cartoons and eating cereal or The Muppet Show or Tom and Jerry, uh, you're going to love this because I I, I loved cereal when I was a kid. It was my favorite food growing up. And now that I'm older, I'm trying to eat healthier. I have to avoid a lot of that cereal because they're full of sugar, chemicals, carbs and chemicals and junk. But not anymore. I can relive the days of Saturday morning cartoons and big bowls of tasty cereal and drinking that delicious milk after with my new favorite thing, Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon tastes exactly like the cereal from your childhood, but it's actually super nutritious. Magic Spoon, magically, has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, four net grams of carbs, and only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And you can build your own box. Available flavors to build your custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, blueberry, cinnamon, and my personal favorite, peanut butter. I love the great new flavors. Combining them is great, too. I like to mix cocoa with peanut butter. It's like a peanut butter cup. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use promo code dailybeans at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is now good anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, eh? But only when you use our code at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's, has, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for whatever reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. So there's no risk here. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash dailybeans and use promo code dailybeans to save $5 off. And thanks to Magic Spoon for being awesome and sponsoring the podcast. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking with Adam Cohen from Lawyers for Good Government. And uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, Mansion and, and what might be possible on voting rights. Because as you know, we cannot use budget reconciliation unless we change the budget reconciliation rules, which would basically be amending the filibuster, which we have several Democrats who aren't going to do that. But, you know, we can't, you know, there something has to change in order to get these non-budget reconciliation bills passed. But some news came out about budget reconciliation and, and Manchin, where he had conceded that he's down for some of Biden's human infrastructure, you know, uh, talking about child care and, and some of the other things that Republicans, that's not infrastructure. If it's not a bridge or a road, it's not infrastructure because apparently it's 1926. And which is kind of where they are on, you know, civil rights and women's rights. But I digress. And he's also said, Manchin also said, I'm I'm I could be into rolling back some of Trump's tax cuts or the Republican tax bill of 2017, some of that stuff to help pay for some of this infrastructure bill. So now it seems like we are back where we were before, because, you know, like you said, with the filibuster in place, it's it's a lot easier to to negotiate a bill with our own 50 Democrats than it is to try to get 10 Republicans on board, especially with that promise from Mitch McConnell, you mentioned. But it seems like we're going to have to cater to the lowest common denominator once again, as we as we did with the covid bill, American Rescue Plan, by catering to what more conservative Democrats are willing to do. You you look at the history of what's happened since Biden has taken office. 
The American Rescue Plan, which has helped millions of people and is going to bring reportedly 4 million, let me say that again, 4 million children out of poverty, not a single Republican in either the House or the Senate, if I am correct, and I think I am, not a single one voted for that. You look at the commission to study January 6th. Again, you'd think that that is something that you want to get to the bottom of so it never happens again. The sacred halls of Congress were breached by, you want to call them insurrectionists, you want to call them rioters if you want to take a softer term. I favor insurrectionists myself. Don't you want to know how this happened, get to the root causes and make sure it never happens again? Yet, not a single, uh, I, there may have been some Republicans in the House that voted for that. Uh, I, I, I don't recall completely, but none in the Senate. Uh, and then you get to, and again, just to even talk about um, how to deal with voter suppression voting issues, not a single Republican wanted to do that. Now, at, at least there have been discussions um, and, and rumors of some Republicans that are supporting the infrastructure bill, but none of them wanted to do anything um, regarding the 2017 tax bill to pay for it. I mean, they, they want to you know, issue essentially invisible taxes on voters, such as taxes on gasoline that you, you may not notice so much. Um, but their taxes, nonetheless, mm-hmm. uh, that we would all pay for rather than having the wealthiest people actually, I don't know, radical concept, pay their fair share. Yeah. Or they wanted to rob the COVID fund, which most of which has already been promised and right. and spent just hasn't the money just hasn't moved out of the bags. Right. I, I mean, not to be facetious about this, but Jeff Bezos reportedly paid zero in taxes last year or in 2019. How does that help this country? And I I think if you even uh, ask Bezos, he would say, I'm willing to pay my fair share, but if the law allows me not to, why should I? And and, and frankly, uh, aside from a simple moral uh, question as to what you should do, you can't say that man legally is wrong, but he he doesn't have to, so why should he? And, And most people... I think uh, probably would do the same thing, although uh, I, I personally can't do that because, I mean, I just don't believe that that's the right thing to do. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, so so do you want to take from people that are going to be affected the most, which is if you actually did take from the COVID fund, you would be uh, really taking money from people at the lower rungs of our economic ladder once again, and pay for something on their backs and adding taxes on top of it? Or do you want to pay for this in what is a relatively painless way by having two cents out of every dollar of somebody making over $400,000 a year to pay for it? I mean, that that really makes no difference in those folks' lives. It, it, It just doesn't. They wouldn't even notice it. No, right. Or even just pay the same percentages I pay in taxes or that that anybody else, that anyone in the bottom 99 percent pay in taxes. Even that alone 
And I'm I'm wondering, too, because I've, I've actually posited this a couple of times because it seems to be this happened, I think, with the American Rescue Plan. We, we get a lot. I feel like a lot of what Joe Manchin does. I don't I don't know what's going on with cinema, but I feel like a lot of what Joe Manchin does is kind of performative because he always seems to come around pretty close to what the rest of the caucus is trying to do. And I wonder if, you know, if that's sort of we saw it, you know, where he decided to vote for debate on the voting rights bill yesterday. Nobody knew. And, and everyone was like, I bet he's going to vote against it. But he voted for it. So I'm I'm wondering kind of if if maybe this is just his way, uh, I don't know, of, of, you know, holding out until the last minute and we push and we push and he finally agrees at least to something close that we wanted. I don't know. Uh-oh. I'm not sure if it's performative or if it's what he actually thinks. I mean, he's clearly an extremely savvy politician. Um, and and you may very well be right about that because the man uh, was last elected two years ago and won by, I think, about two points in the state that Trump won by 40. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe he's posturing to say to his base, I've done everything that I could to work with the other side. You know, at some point, we, we've got to go past the gridlock here and, and actually get things done for you. Otherwise, you won't vote for me. And guess what? You'd be right not to. Um, so and, and my guess is that um, the people in West Virginia love the the benefits that they're getting from the American Rescue Plan. And I think that they would love even more um, the infrastructure bill if it were to be passed. I, I mean, th- that's, that's really uh, the kind of depressed economic area that this bill is intended to help, is yeah. it not? I mean, we can speculate about it all day. The bill is going to be the bill and what passes is going to pass. And I guess we're going to I guess we're going to see that hopefully sooner rather than later. I know they had a Memorial Day weekend goal at first, and and I feel like they squandered a lot of time trying to negotiate with a a group of Republicans who have said as much that, you know, that I think everyone was just sort of like, oh, they came back with almost a trillion dollar, $928 billion infrastructure package. I've never seen Republicans want to spend money like that. Maybe we should take a listen. But it, it never ends up I mean, we 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 learned our lessons from the Affordable Care Act. They'll make a, they'll pick it away and take it away and promise their votes and then they won't vote for it. So we've seen it in action before and hopefully we'll be moving forward on this uh, toot sweet. Uh, in, in fact, I actually had pointed out two things about uh, the comparison between the ACA and um, the discussions on the For the People Act. Um, when Chuck Grassley was uh, negotiating regarding the Affordable Care Act, at some point uh, he was asked if, I think by Obama, if we gave you every amendment you want to put in this bill, would you vote for it? And he said, no. Fast forward to discussions on the For the People Act. Ted Cruz, if you are granted every amendment that you are looking for in this bill, will you vote for it? No. So here we are, you know, 11 years later, and we're getting the same thing. And, and the thought process with Grassley at that point was he may have been trying to run out the legislative clock so that the uh, Affordable Care Act would not have been passed at all. I don't know if Cruz was trying to do the same thing or just being the Ted Cruz that we all know and despise. <laughs> um, 
but you know, it, it, it's their their same tactic. You know, eleven years in advance uh, to, or eleven years uh, down the road, rather, to um, stall legislation that I am guessing people are going to grow to love as much as they love the Affordable Care Act. Well, that's what Republicans are afraid of. Once something like Social Security happens, once something like Medicare happens, once something like the Affordable Care Act happens, clawing back those government benefits from anyone is impossible. Again, a a radical concept, (laughs) government to help the people. I know it's I can't even believe you're talking about such a such a crazy idea. Uh, that, that's why they call me a communist. Uh, I don't, you know. <laughs> Can you tell everybody where to find and support Lawyers for Good Government and, and how to find you on social media? Sure. Uh, find me on Twitter. That's my my favorite medium at Accidental Liberal. And that's A-X-I-D-E-N-T-A-L-I-B-E-R-A-L. I hope I spelled that right. I know the X is kind of cheesy, but I, too many characters to actually spell it properly. And Lawyers for Good Government, um, you can find on the web. We are on Facebook as well. Lawyersforgoodgovernment.org is the website. Uh, And we have uh, done programs for racial justice. Um, We are working on uh, environmental programs. As a matter of fact, I was just speaking with our environmental vice president, vice chair yesterday. Um, and we are trying to make certain that everybody has equal access to water, a, a right to clean water, which, believe it or not, does not exist in every state in this nation. Um, so you know, we are trying to do a, a lot of wonderful things, um, and, and um, it, it's kind of fun that we have an organization that uh, started in 2016, and you might have thought that there was a shelf life for us, but um, that is not the case, and we are going stronger than ever. And I am extremely proud of the work we've done and the work I think we're going to do. Awesome. Thank you very much. I'm I'm glad I got to spend time with you today and put a put a face to the name on our previous video-less Zoom meetings. I, I, I really appreciate your time. Everybody, Adam Cohen. Thank you very much, Allison. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, Beans listeners, Leguminati, this is AG, and this segment of the show is sponsored by Monk Pack, my new favorite snacky snacks. Uh, It's really hard to find delicious snacks that are actually good for you, but Monk Pack has cracked the code. Uh, I can't say enough great things about about these bars, Uh, because, you know, healthy snacks usually aren't very filling. They don't satisfy your cravings, but I have discovered Monk Pack, Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars. They contain less than one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. They're great for anyone following a keto lifestyle and the perfect snack for anyone who wants to eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste. The Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars have the perfect balance of sweet and salty. They've got that crunch from the whole nuts and seeds that I crave when I want a snack, Uh, but they still manage to be soft and chewy. They're amazing and delicious, and they have a ton of great flavors. Caramel sea salt is my favorite right now. It's so delicious. Uh, And since they're packed with protein, they're filling and satisfying. They're perfect for a quick snack to indulge your sweet tooth, or I like to eat one right after a workout. And get that little boost of energy back that I need. And these keto nut and seed bars are gluten-free, plant-based, non-GMO. They have no soy, no trans fats, no sugar alcohols, and no artificial colors. I'm kind of obsessed with them. So I make sure I'm always fully stocked. So I have a subscription of my favorite flavors, which saves me 10% on every order. And they come directly to my house. Direct snacks. Very important. 
So give these delicious treats a try. Uh, I love them. Uh, They're sent to me on a regular basis. It's a complete game changer in my efforts to eat healthier because I am a snacker. Strive for yourself and you'll see. We have a special deal for you. You get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it has a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it, for whatever reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. So to get started, go to monkpack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com. Select any product, then enter the code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout, and you'll save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Hey, everybody, it's AG for the Beans. Have you ever had acne breakouts, like, at the worst possible time? I think I told you about the zit that I got, like, the day before my wedding. And then, of course, without fail, right before school pictures, right? And I thought after I got older, I would I would get zit clemency, but I have not. I have not received my zit clemency. And that is why I love Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear up acne. Apostrophe connects you with a board-certified dermatologist who will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored for you and your unique skin. You simply fill out their online quiz about your skin goals. You fill out a little medical history, snap a few selfies, and then your board-certified dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan for you. Apostrophe treats acne, but they also help hit other skincare goals like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. Uh, I wanted to get help with my with my acne. Like I said, I haven't gotten my zit clemency yet. And also, uh, I got some stuff for my little fine lines and wrinkles, which is, you know, because our eyes are so highlighted right now because we're wearing masks. But I love Apostrophe because I get a real dermatologist. My plan was tailored just for me. Submitting my visit was quick and easy. I didn't need to schedule an appointment. It didn't take any time at all. And I didn't have to go to the pharmacy and wait in line to get my meds. They sent them directly to my house. And the prescription medications feel great on my skin. They absorb nicely. They're nice and light. And we have a special deal for you. You can save $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist. That making it just $5 to see a board-certified dermatologist. Where will you ever get a health plan? where it's a $5 copay for a specialty clinic like this. It's incredible. But anyway, this is deal is for you, for, for our listeners here. Save $15 off your first visit at apostrophe.com slash beans when you use our code beans. The code is only available for you. So to get started, go to apostrophe.com slash beans, click begin visit, then use our code beans at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's apostrophe, A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash beans and use that code beans to get your dermatology visit and save $15. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we're blown on good news is on the way. And... We are going to need, I'm I'm begging like Trump begged Raffensperger, I'm going to need your good news. We're going to need your good news this week and next week. Uh, it's So please send in any good news stories you have, pod, pet, pics, uh, kids, grandkids, whatever you got, send it in, dailybeanspod.com, click on contact. We, we also take corrections and uh, we also accept uh, confessions. And then, of course, if you want to have a dispute settled in Amy's court on Fridays, we can do that, too. So that's what we what we do. Um, you ready for this, Dana? I am. We've got a, some long ones and some good ones. So, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll kick this off with uh, Brian. Pronouns he and him. Hello, Beans crew. Thank you for doing important work. AG, thank you especially for bringing us these shows. They're consistently amazing. Oh, thank you, Brian. You've helped me over the last four years get through some pretty dark times. 
Back at you, Brian. The good news is that it's almost over. Trump has done more harm to our democracy and collective spirit than I thought possible four years ago. The Democrats aren't perfect, but at least they're on our side. I look forward to your stories, holding these villains accountable. I want to know Mitch McConnell's dark secret. I want to know about the skeletons in Pompeo's closet. I want to know why these scoundrels sold us out. We will find out eventually. And that's the good news. Uh, I have attached a few photos of our precious pups, Ahab and Sally. Ahab is 16-year-old Jack Russell, and Big Sal is a 13-year-old mini schnauzer. They love going for bike rides. The last photo is a promo from my local business, E-Bike Cargo. If you ever want to do a segment on sustainable transportation, I would love to help. <gasps> oh, very nice, these babies. Look at the little... Oh, look at the schnauzer. Schnauzer party. So cute. That third picture... My goodness, all happy in the sun. Oh, and the palm trees. This looks nice. V-Locker, I love it. It is great. Yeah, those little ba- baskets, those r- really cool, sustainable, awesome, um, secure baskets on the back of your bike to carry stuff around, and including tiny dogs. I love it. All right. We got more stuff coming. This is from Kelly, pronouns she and her. Happy New Year to everyone on the Beans team. I was listening to Friday's episode, Trump Pence Me Cute, and I had to pull myself off the road when I heard Linda's good news story so I could look up visual snow syndrome. I'm so thankful she wrote in with this good news because I think I may be uh, predisposed to this condition also. I've had migraines since early childhood, and I've never had visual auras. I actually sometimes have auras that are partially paralysis, uh, but hey, that's unrelated. I do have serious light sensitivity, though. And I, like Linda, also have a cardiologist for other reasons. And last year, they had me try a medicine. Let me tell you all, I've never tried acid, but after one dose of that drug, it was like I woke up inside a kaleidoscope. Apparently, this was an extremely severe version of an already rare side effect called luminous phosphines. My doctors were very confused. Everything I know about it, I've learned through my own research. I've honestly been freaked out about it ever since. It took weeks to go away, and I could barely walk from all the moving rainbow lights. I just wanted to reach out and say thank you to Linda, because in the brief time I spent on the side of the road reading about visual snow, I think it would be very helpful for me to bring to my care team. So thankful to UAG for creating this podcast that keeps me updated on the news. It has such a wonderful community where this kind of chance blessing can occur. Here's to a wonderful 2021. That's awesome. Kelly, thanks for writing in and thanks for Linda for you writing in. See, we're all helping each other. This is wonderful. Uh, Next up from Jim, pronouns he and him. Good news. As As of December 14th, my wife Jan and I are great grandparents. Our grandson Philip and his partner Yasmin had a boy, Angel Matthew Hernandez. Baby and mother are healthy and doing well. Angel is Philip's middle name and the baby's middle name is Matthew. Uh, and that's for Philip's late brother, Matthew, who was murdered in 2013 at age nine by their father as he was losing a custody battle with oh our God. daughter after the divorce. Jessica and her boys have lived with us for about three years while her ex was in prison. And I had spent more dad time with those kids than their biological father, taking them to school, helping them with their homework, teaching them how to throw a frisbee at the park. We'll always miss Maddie, but seeing his name carried on this way feels good. So the birth of Philip's little boy is really good news, a wonderful holiday gift for the family. Interesting, the thought of being a great-grandparent doesn't feel weird, but our daughter being grandma is unreal. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you have a safe and have a much better year in 2021. If you're able to start touring again this coming year, come to New Mexico. We'll be there. We should go to Albuquerque. Oh, in a heartbeat. I have the theater all set for us. You would love it. Oh, sweet. Okay, we're coming to Albuquerque. You got that, Jim? Pod pet picks tax attached. Man, that's hard to say. Our three cats, 
all from the same litter. We were foster failures and adopted them as kittens about eight years ago now instead of just fostering them. The two tabby brothers are Rusty, orange and white, and Mapenzi, tan. His his name is Swahili for lover boy. <laughs> and uh, their torty sister is Bolt, so named for her habit of instantaneously teleporting through any door left open for a microsecond if we don't want her to go through it. Her favorite stunt is to escape from the house. They're indoor cats. They just sit outside the door watching us and waiting for us to come scoop her up and schlep her back inside. Look at these babies. Semper Fidelis and take care. Hoorah. So sweet. They're beautiful. Look at that. I want to rub the belly. I want to rub the belly. So sweet. All of them so, so sweet. Oh, I love that story. You know, I think about listening to these stories from the listeners just like how much life people have lived mm. you know I, I you know I think about this all the time because of what I do for a living AG and when you were traveling um with the the show and performing we meet more people than most normal on average people do and I just love hearing these stories of people and actually really connecting with it mm. uh, all over the all over the world Anyway, I think it's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing to like, you know, I sometimes sit and think about how complex my life is and how many people I know and all the things that I'm doing. And then I muse about everyone else having the same level of complexity in their lives and how expansive they are and that we all live together in this community and on this planet. And it's just it blows my mind how much how much information and data and joy and pain and love and everything that is how how much is encompassed in just in just who we are as people totally it's amazing it's amazing i love these stories we have another one this one's from anonymous pronouns he and him hello ladies please forgive the length of this submission there's just no short way to tell the story I completely understand if you don't want to air this privately enjoy and just get a good laugh, except for Donald Trump. Names have been changed for obvious reasons. Also, uh uh-huh, I've been a listener since back in the kitchen table, uh, atrocious audio days. (laughs) My goodness. I'm not even sure how I found MSW, but I was stoked when the Daily Bean started and listened to it every day. Now, this is neither good news nor a confession, but it has to do with Donald Trump and dildos. So there has to be good, right? So maybe it'll be good on the slow good news day. This happening in September of 2019, so pre-COVID, but it's worth telling. I've thought about sharing it with beans for a while. Last month, when you mentioned the Hungarian COVID super spreader orgy, I figured it was time. (laughs) Great. Buckle up. (laughs) Here we go, everyone. I work for a local chapter of an international nonprofit group dedicated to water quality issues relating to equity, conservation, and environmental quality. A couple times a year, we organize eighth graders to do a creek cleanup in our local stream. We provide five uh, gallon, uh-oh. yeah. We provide five gallon buckets, garbage bags, PPE. Break them up into groups of five to eight kids, accompanied by a teacher, parent, or representative of the nonprofit, and they clean about a mile of stream and stream bank. The kids collect everything they can reasonably and safely pick up. We bring it back to a sorting area where it is separated, weighted, and or counted. Glass and aluminum recycled, and the rest goes to the landfill. The kids use the data for their classwork, and the data we collect helps us quantify yearly totals, etc. Now, this creek goes right through the middle of town, a progressive, environmentally aware university town. This is a green belt and concrete path along the creek, and it stays relatively clean. But college kids, transients, tubers, kayakers, swimmers, recreationalists, kooks and weirdos leave their shit everywhere, so there's a lot of crap left over. 
So the sorting area is near the dumpster in a hotel parking lot. And as things come in, piles develop. Cans and bottles, cigarette butts, shoes, tennis balls, clothes, all manner of flotsam and jetsam uh, start to accumulate. There are always some unusual finds. For each of these events, myself and other staff members keep an eye on what's picked up. And from the the refuse, we um, elevate a holy trinity. It usually consists of the three largest or most unusual finds. It's normally what we call charismatic megaplastics. Um, Example, traffic cones, kids play kitchens, chairs etc. Now, the group of kids I was working with was three boys and three girls who had sort of self-segregated by gender. We have to understand that kids are kind of all over the place. I'm mostly there to keep them from stepping on nails or picking up stuff we don't want them to like jagged hunks of metal, needles, broken glass, etc. One of the young ladies goes, hey, look at what I found. It's Donald Trump. I didn't immediately walk over to see what she was talking about before I even turned to look that direction. I heard the words that no 54-year-old man working with eighth graders ever wants to hear. Isabella found a vibrator! Ah! (laughs) Screak! Block! Kelsey! Put it down! Put it in the bucket! Uh... I then did what any normal person would do in the situation. I fucking panicked. I mean, what the fuck was I supposed to do at that point? Is this a hazmat situation? Do they have all their shots? I just can't walk over and tell an eighth grade girl to hand over the vibrator, can I? Do I say anything at all? No. You don't say a fucking word and you pretend it's not happening. They'll just put it in a five-gallon bucket, right? And when they dump it out on the collection area, I'll just snag it real quick and get to the dumpster, okay? I've got a plan. Now, a few seconds go by. I've collected myself and I'm at a level of benign resignation that my choice just to play it off like it isn't happening. All right. I think to myself, I have this under control. This can't get worse. I glance toward them, but the terrain and vegetation is blocking my view. It's as nonchalant a fashion as I can. I walk in their direction, but the commotion is intensifying. The girls are laughing and screaming, and every thread of my being knows this is worse than I thought. Now, as the situation comes into view, I see this isn't a vibrator at all. It's a giant double-ended dildo. One end bigger than the other and probably two feet long. One of the girls is holding a Donald Trump chia pet ball devoid of any chia. One of the others is hitting the Donald on the head and jabbing him in the face with the dildo. Then she starts swinging it at her friends. The only, the only thing going on my way is that at this point, the boys have not responded to the ruckus. However, runners, cyclists, and pedestrians are going past at a pretty good rate. And it's clear I am the adult in charge of these kids. Awkward. So I decide this has to end now. It has to or the situation will get infinitely worse than it already is. The potential spectacle caused by 50 other kids encountering the dildo has to be subverted. At this point, I've identified Kelsey as the one wielding the dildo and I do what I have to, I do what I've not wanted to do until this point. I acknowledge and sequester the dildo. Heroically, I extend my arms, I open my garbage bag and I say loudly, stop. Now I've got their attention. Kelsey, put the dildo. Fuck, I just said dildo to them. They think it's a vibrator. Oh, fuck it. Put it in. Put it in the bag. She drops it in a mostly empty garbage bag, which is tall enough to be contacting the path, the bike path below, and it hits the cement with a thud that, if I'm honest, almost makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. Dana makes gag sound. Okay. Keep calm and carry on. I say as they laugh for the obvious... Okay. 
Uh, laugh for obvious. My mouth's actually watering a little bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> laugh of obvious, not for good reasons. Obvious metric reasons. Okay. After a few more minutes, the kids are ready to empty their buckets. So we start heading back to the sorting area. Along the way, I say quietly to the three girls, I'm throwing this in the dumpster. So as soon as we get back, no one's going to see it. And that was the last I spoke of it to them. One of the boys overheard me and asked what I was talking about. <sighs> what are you talking about? He asked. Nothing. Isabel found a vibrator. It didn't find a vibrator. You found a, you found a vibrator? It wasn't a vibrator. It was a dildo. She said loud enough for anyone within 500 miles to hear. It echoed off into infinity. Dildo, 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 dildo. The walk back consisted of giggling and murmuring about dildos and vibrators, which I ignored. I guess there's some news on that project. The kids picked up almost 1,400 pounds of garbage glass and aluminum i'm I'm sure 1200 pounds of that was the double-headed dildo dildo. yeah that was just my (laughs) that was the narrator everybody on the same stretch of stream that another group had um picked up 1600 pounds of garbage six months earlier jesus christ people stop leaving so much garbage over there uh when we got back to the sorting area i did show the other adults the dildos so that if it came up at all they'd already have a heads up no pun intended. Regarding the truth of the situation. <laughs> if it came up at all, they'd have a heads up. They'd, have, they'd actually have two heads up. They'd have a double head up. Okay. Regarding the truth of the situation, that all got a good laugh out of the story. There's no pet tax, honey, and you don't have to give us one. There's no pet tax um, is attached, but I am including a picture of a tiny bit of unsorted trash that events Holy Trinity. The two-foot-long double-headed dildo, the bald Donald Chia Pet, and appropriately, a rotten hard-boiled egg. That is the most uh, disgust. Straight ladies, I don't know how. If you think this is a pretty appendage, I don't understand. I mean, come on, guys. You cannot look down at that and be like, I got a good-looking dick. I mean, some of you probably think, I just can't, AG. You should probably stop me from talking right now. (laughs) just reminds me of have you seen the movie parenthood with steve yeah. martin oh yes you know when he goes looking for the flashlight after the power outage and he turns it on and it just starts buzzing and then the lights come on and he's holding a vibrator and the little girl goes he just laughs and runs away and the little girl goes what was that and the mom goes it was an electric ear cleaner and the little girl goes it was kind of big and then grandma goes it sure was <laughs> Reminded me of your grandfather, rest Uh, his soul. Now, I actually am trying not to. Um, If you do see the picture of this in the newsletter, it is absolutely disgusting. And maybe just because it's dirty. I mean, obviously, I don't think penises are like a foul thing. I just... Is it because it's dirty, AG? I, 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 as a straight woman, I need to know, or presumably straight, my apologies. What, tell me, tell me your thoughts on this. Here are my problem. There's this uncanny valley situation happening of it being two ended, right? It's just a, like a (laughs) disembodied two ended penis. And then, and then they tried to make it look realistic. Let's just say that. Yes. Um, and, that Ugh. it's tapered bothers me. That it's tapered bothers that one me. end is smaller than the other. <laughs> Why? I don't. I don't know. What's like for an Irish lady on one end? I don't get it. I mean, listen. I know that because I listen. I know that it's not just lesbians using toys. Like straight people use toys, and gay men use toys, and everyone uses toys. But the visuals this puts in my head. I need you to stop the episode. Can we just ask what's good yeah, in the world? We can. We can. We can. Try to end this. Get it? Oh my god! 
I need to stop scrolling. I mean, I need to get off this picture. Not whatever. By the time you hear this, we've got a good turnout in Georgia. <laughs> That's all I have. Oh, shit balls. Can we name it Leffler and Purdue? Can we? <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Those two, en- the double ended dildo. One end is Leffler, the, end is- the other end is Purdue. <sighs> oh, my God. All right. Okay. Let's get off this picture. <laughs> Stop. Good times. Everyone, uh, <clears throat> till tomorrow. Please. Mm. Uh, <laughs> just cemented our uh ourselves in the history of journalism of a true i think this is a this is pulitzer stuff (laughs) this doesn't win a webby or whatever they're called i have no idea what it takes a podcast award what whatever (laughs) what's it even for all right everybody until tomorrow um we'll be watching those results and uh please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of the planet (laughs) take care of your mental health i've been ag (laughs) and i've been tg The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.